Hey, thanks for listening to the Two Pros and a Cup of Joe podcast with Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox, and myself, LeVar Arrington. Make sure you catch us live weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern or 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. You can find your local station for the Two Pros and a Cup of Joe show over at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Happy Christmas Eve to everybody out there. Special, special edition on show. Uh, bringing in one of my my young bucks as as a as a fill in hitter for for Jonas Knox and Brady Quinn. Hope you guys are enjoying your Christmas Eve with your families. And you're probably still asleep. You're getting some much needed rest. So you guys rest up. I got my man Berto in the building with me. I got my name my man Rick Rick H Herrera. In the building with us. He's going, it's uh, he's, one pro and two Mexicans. Yeah, one pro, <laughs> two people of Mexican descent is, is how I'll say that. Because Go ahead, hit the button. Go, you, we, we could get out of the game. Racist. Yeah, there we go. Off top. All right. Uh, we got my man Brian. Brian Finley's in the back. Uh, he'll be doing he'll be doing the updates for us. And I got my man James Jackson of Straight Facts Podcast. Yes, sir. Part of the Up On Game Presents uh, channel. You can check them out on on where any and every podcast that you download is available. Welcome into the show, brother. What's 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 going on? Nothing much, man. I appreciate you having me. And then the straight facts shout out off the top. I, I love that, man. I'm, I'm excited to be here. Oh, you got to love that. It's two pros and a cup of Joe, as we mentioned. And and yeah, you know, we're, we're going to talk a little bit about sports. Obviously, we had some stuff go down with the Titans 49ers game that that ended kind of interestingly, so to speak, you know, figuratively and, and possibly uh well, literally as well. Then we got we'll talk Bills and Pats. It's a big game. We'll talk Pro Bowl. Everybody loves talking about Pro Bowl snubs. We'll we'll get to that. Guess what else we're going to get to, man? You know, we got to get to this conversation of the national championship can be won by forfeit. And I, I just I'm interested to get your thought. Your I mean, take on it. That, that's a that's a big deal because we were seeing the NCAA, you know, kind of do things that even the NFL is not willing to do. The NBA is not willing to do. Only really the NHL we've seen is willing to do is move games or postpone or make teams forfeit. And they're willing to do it on, on, on the biggest stage. OK, I, hold I, on. Hold on. We ain't getting yeah. to it yet. Right. It's a tease. All right. It's, it's just a tease. Just, just a tease. Little sprinkle. Little sprinkle. Just, uh, yeah, yeah. Little, 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 <laughs> little sprinkle. Little sprinkle. All right, so in the in the in the spirit of of Christmas Eve, we got to start the show off with Christmas Eve family traditions. Got to got to do it. I'm I'm excited about hearing this. We'll start off with you, James. Is there a, which by the way, James flew in to California and is in studio doing the show live and direct live and direct from from the east coast he's yeah. from from p-town yes. from, from philly philly stand up we here man shots out to philadelphia what is it uh delaware valley shots yeah. out to the dell valley yeah a bit close you close you from you from the other side of so the do you eat halushki and 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 uh and and uh what is it um what, what you trying to 
meatball sandwiches on Christmas Eve? What what is James Jackson's what, what is his what what's his family Christmas Eve tradition? I I'm really interested to to figure out where you got meatball meatball subs from. Like that's Well, cuz my wife is from from South, South Jersey, Jersey, which is, you know, Delaware Valley, right, right, right which the they kind of, you know, they relate more to Philadelphians than they do to New Jerseyans mm-hmm. or whatever it may be. So it's like this weird thing. But yeah, meatball sand, meat, meatballs in, 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 the, in the crock look, pot. They, they, they might be associated, they might associate with Philly. That That's their own style, though. Meat, okay, meat, okay. Meat, meatball sandwiches, that's, okay. that's their own style. What you got? Uh, like, I don't, I don't have any really, like, you know, concrete family traditions on Christmas Eve. I got two big families on, on both my mom and dad's side. Okay. My my dad's mom, my grandma, and my dad's side is a reverend, retired reverend. Okay. Um, so all of every Christmas Eve, the family's in church, man. Family's Oof. in church. And is that not a bad thing? I don't, I don't want to say it. Please, Oof. grandma, if you're listening, I definitely don't want to say that as a bad thing. Love, it's not a bad love thing. Love going to church. Love but, going to church okay. with the family. Shots out to, to the Christian faiths and <laughs> all the spiritual faiths yeah. and the Faith, faiths and the out, faiths there. out there, yeah, uh, yeah. But being, being, I'll put it this How way: How long are you in church for? That, that's the big, that's the big question. It's a little longer, sir. Christmas Eve service, a little longer service, so about about maybe hour fifteen hours. Are and there half. mimes and 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 singing and dancing? Uh, and of of course, you know, singing. Is there a play with the kids and they don't know <laughs> not, their lines and, and they just stand up there I, with snot coming out their I, nose? A couple, a couple of years, yeah, we've had to sit through the, the, the nativity and you know, you give the little golf claps at the end. They did their best, Lavar. The kids did their best, all right. all right. You know what I mean? Is there a kid that can't play the drums but they're <laughs> playing the drums and they play the same exact tune every single song that's sung there, there, there's the kid who forgets the line you got to come out and whisper in his ear what he's supposed to say everybody still claps for him that's okay though because right. you know you say he was on a big stage i'm a preacher's kid by the way just Are so you? you know there you go so, so you know, i'm so speaking you know from deal. experience so you know the deal what do you do after church Go or home. do y'all eat? Do y'all eat of at the church? It's good for, of course, it's good food. It's at not, the church. It's not, not. Do y'all eat at the church? You, you, you know, you go into the back. You you got your meals on 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 the paper plates in the back. The church cornbread, the church collard greens, and the okay. church chicken, of course. But it's always good. It's okay. always slammed down. I got aunties in the back there working during the whole service, preparing this food. It's, it's it's good faith, good food, good family. That's that's my Christmas Eve tradition right there. All right, can you can you top that, Berto? Well, uh, for for us, uh, you know, uh, Mexican or Latino tradition is to get together Christmas Eve around early afternoon, and uh, you'll get together, grub some tamales as you had yeah, yesterday. They were amazing. Tamales. They were amazing. Uh, alcohol, lots of alcohol involved. Uh, uh, <laughs> some beer, some tequila. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, open up gifts at, at midnight. Okay. And then, uh, yeah, from my, well, we go, I go to my in-laws first now. Now that I'm married, go to the in-laws first, okay. and then there, uh, so my so so my daughter so my daughter can open gifts uh, with my with their, her grandparents. She'll open a gift like around eight o'clock. We we'll let her open gifts earlier than uh, than, than than normal, and then we'll go to then we'll head out to my family's house and do the same. So y'all don't play mariachi band music. Really uh, loud. I, I so no. so let me just preface this. It can by get expensive. Saying, uh, but but what about what about from a speaker like i either oh was yeah a, for sure either Loud it was a speaker playing. yeah yeah for sure or it was a real band and i think it was a real band real band, band people a, people a, do do that yeah. it was across the street yeah from me my neighbor shots out to my neighbors <laughs> and they went all night long they was going in they do that they was some I mean, families do that my family hasn't done it but yeah there's plenty of families that do that all right all, all right. out Wilding out. Where you at, Rick? What 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 do you got? 
Well, this may surprise you, LeVar, but I, I do the exact same thing Roberto does. Oh. Okay. So, so. <laughs> Tamales. So, so. <laughs> I'm going to stay away from it. Yeah, all right. You're all right. You took it out of my head. I'm going to stay away from it. All right. I am surprised by the fact that you guys do exactly the same thing. Maybe y'all would have had somewhat of a different approach to the music. I thought, I thought the music would be different. I definitely didn't think the music would be the same. I'm wrong. All right. Now, if we could go three in a row with... with with Brian now that, that would that, be that, yeah that would be something else now that would be interesting <laughs> Brian guys good to hear from you yes How you doing, man? what you got going on so here's a tradition of mine I every Christmas Eve I am in the living room where the Christmas tree is located and I set up a camcorder with a tripod and I film Santa coming through down the chimney and I take <laughs> that material I take that footage and I come home afterwards and I wake up and I and I watch it. So even at my age, I film Santa, and I and I do it every year. I've been doing it since I was young. I'm 33 years old now, and I have footage of Santa. And then I also will take some of the cookies that I put, and I'll finish off the cookies in the morning. You so, finish them off. Yes. So, so you only so, eat a someone, little bit of them. Someone else ate the cookies? Well, yeah. I, I have, I, I'm going to get to the weirdest-ass part of this story in a minute. <laughs> But I'm going to start with the cookies. Yeah. So you eat the rest of the cookies. So who eats the first part of the cookies, Brian? Well, I have a surveillance video of Santa. So I see him shoving some of the cookie into his mouth. Shoves it in his mouth. Huh? Shoves mm. it in his mouth. All right. Stuffing and scarfing his face down. Mm. Mm. And some of the crumbs are rolling down his, his red silky suit. And oh, whatever wow. he finishes with, I will down with a nice cup of milk. Do you finish his milk or do you get your own cup of milk? I actually finish his milk and then I get another cup of milk because it's never enough because I love milk. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. The com- the commitment to the whole Santa a bit and illusion. like that. That's what I love here is, is you really... Yeah. You love the, that? The, the, the com- I mean, if you're going to do something, <laughs> do, it, do it to the fullest, right? Like he's got surveillance of, of Santa coming down like he could never deny Santa's existence. And you said you started this tradition how long ago? Oh, and I was a young boy, which to many people, some people think I've never grown up, and a lot of people actually say that. You started filming as a young boy? (laughs) Were you also Santa as a young boy? Were you setting up the tripod (laughs) and everything as a young boy, Brian Finley? A lot of this fascinates me. You know, I was really interested in film. I was interested in videography as a young chap, and I thought, why not work on... You know, getting the shot right, working on the zoom, working on the focus, and getting Santa on camera so that I have the documentation of Santa. So it's a great thing. Beca- so you have them all documented? All documented, yes. On VHS tapes, by the way. Have you, have you not transferred any of them to, to digital? Well, that's the next step Dropbox? I, I could Dropbox, but it's so hard, as you guys know, to find a VCR these days, let alone a DVD player. So if, if you know somebody in tech, I can get Santa's, you know, I can show you him. I just need to find a way to get it online. Your lost Santa files, well, they're, they're, they're going to write a movie about that. I'm surprised that Berto didn't start playing the unsolved mystery music when we just listened to what we just heard. I I just, I was going to tell a Christmas tradition story. 
and it just doesn't feel right to say one after <laughs> after this after what just took place. I'm I'm really surprised no one does. You know the the matching pajamas on Christmas Eve. No, you're telling me no one's family here does them. Lavar, you're telling me your family doesn't do the matching. We pajamas? have done it. I wouldn't say it's a tradition, but we have done the onesie. The, the onesie thing. Yes, we have done it, and and actually did family photos. But I'm still kind of locked in on uh, Brian Finley. <laughs> Uh, before we go to break, uh, I'm. What do you think, Berto? What 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 do you what do you think about this? Well, what? it's good. I, I don't think it's bad. I, when he started talking about his story, I thought I was gonna say he films, he records himself naked. That's how I was. Yeah, I was like, that they got it and go that way. Yeah. That would have actually made more sense yeah. to me than <laughs> capturing <laughs> Santa, Santa stuffing cookies <laughs> down his throat, finishing the milk too. And and not finishing the milk, drinking some of the milk, Brian and Brian finish, comes Brian and finishes the milk. milk. All right. You're listening to Two <laughs> Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox, I'm LeVar Arrington. They're, they're hopefully not doing uh, Christmas traditions on Christmas Eve like Brian Finley. I'm not judging you, Brian. I promise you. I appreciate your candidness. I appreciate the truthfulness. Um yeah, that just gave us a great segment of radio because I, I tell you what, there's probably a lot of people sitting there uh, feeling the same exact way I'm feeling right now. Anyways, I digress. I got my man James Jackson in the building from Straight Facts Podcast. Yes, He's filling in, and we're going to talk some sports. But it is the holiday. It is Christmas Eve, and we wanted to make sure that, well, we, we do some things that are festive related as we go throughout the show. So as we we move forward, we'll come back. We'll talk Titans, Niners. That was a pretty interesting game. We'll get thoughts and 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 you know fall out from that. And then we'll we got we got a few more things to get to. Again, national championship can be won by forfeit, amongst other things. You're listening to two pros and a cup of Joe. Uh this is Fox Sports Radio. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. All right. Happy Christmas Eve to everyone out there. You're listening to Two Pros and a Cup of Joe. Jonas Knox, Brady Quinn, they're out on vacation getting some much needed rest. I'm LeVar Arrington. I got my man James Jackson in the room with me in studio. We're going to carry you for the next two and a half hours. Should be fun. We're off to a good start. Uh, Brian Brian Finley got us off to a, a most amazing uh, start to this show, uh, giving us, uh, yes, some amazing insight on his um 20 year or so will we say 20 or more years of filming for for filming santa yeah 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 definitely definitely have the the santa and the the tripod handy all the time and okay. yeah for santa i'm always in the living room filming santa every night during christmas eve it has been a tradition ever since i was a young man at, at what point in time do you get up to go check the video and do you use lapsing video or do you just use regular i mean obviously when you use the vhs but now you could 
probably just set up your phone, right, and put time lapse on it. Yeah, you really could. The most important thing is just to make sure that when you do this that you have enough battery because when you're rolling for that long, I mean, let's be honest with you, you know, it's hard for me to sleep knowing that Santa's coming down the chimney, but, you know, you could be rolling for three or four hours, and you guys know that when you're rolling and recording, that that burns a lot of your battery. Yeah. So the most important thing here, no matter what you do to capture the footage, yeah. is you got to have a power source always lined up with your camera, oh, yeah. or else you're going to miss Santa, and, and you don't want to do that. Trust me. And 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 I mean, I, maybe this is a stupid question, but you still believe in Santa? Claus. Absolutely. I mean, I have footage. You've seen and him. Evidence every of year. it happening. Yes. Does he, does he say hi, Brian? You've been a you've been a great boy this year. Well, see, I dream of him saying that to me, but usually I'm asleep. Do you think that that's him whispering it in your ear, Brian? <laughs> I, I've always wondered. You know, when I I'm like, I I kind of get half awake and I hear like a little noise in my ear a little whisper or just like somebody breathing in my ear oh wow yeah what about on your neck (laughs) do you feel breathing on your neck not just your ear what like on your face like do do you do you clinch your your uh, okay anyway all right all right all right all right let's talk some sports let's 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 talk some sports here. This is a sports show on Fox Sports Radio. I got my man James Jackson here, and I'm about to show y'all why James is sitting in this seat. Let's go to last night's game, NFC versus AFC. I said that San Fran was surging and would be the team to beat moving forward, could be a dangerous team. Um and it looked like I was right for a moment there. I said that Tennessee is a team that doesn't know where they're going right now as of yet. It looked as though I was right for a time, and then something happened. I, statistically speaking, the way this game flowed, I don't understand how San Francisco allowed the game to get away from them, but what did you see? What what was your takeaway from the game? It to me it was it was a mixture, a combination of just like you said, San Fran kind of letting the game get away from them and losing the game, and a combination of Tennessee dominating the second half and winning the game too. You might still be right about Tennessee of not knowing where they're going, not having a direction, mm-hmm. and kind of just lining up on a week to week basis and and taking it week to week and saying we're we're just gonna beat the team. That's in front of us. That's a real gritty team mm-hmm. in Tennessee that I see. You got you know, Mike Vrabel from the Bill Belichick coaching tree just knows how to grind out wins. But if we if we stay on the San Francisco side, I mean, we, we talked about it a little bit before we came back on air where it looked like they were going to run away with this thing, right? Mm-hmm. Go up 10 nothing in the first half. And then it was just a tale of two halves. And shut them out. Yeah. They shut them out in the first half. I mean, it looked like they were about to dominate. And then it was just a, a tale of two halves, right? They come out and boy, Jimmy G has that, that bad interception in the second half. They have barely over like 130 yards of total offense in the second half. It just nothing got going. Like like it was clicking in the first half. They didn't come out with, with any kind of new energy or any new resurgence. And it looked like they were going to try to, you know, just cruise to this 10 nothing, 17 nothing victory. And Tennessee kind of flipped the script on them, turned the turned the intensity up, turned the heat up, and the San Fran was left in the dust after that. <sighs> so as maligned as the Tennessee Titans have been by some, right. for some of the losses that they've taken, where it looked as though this team will struggle without having 
Derrick Henry, King Henry, and and we've had conversations about Julio Jones. Like it just seems as though he's just can't get healthy enough mm-hmm. to get onto the field. But they're ten and five. They're ten and five. They shouldn't be ten and five. So is this last year's Pittsburgh Steelers team this year? No, because what last year's Pittsburgh Steelers team when they get off to eleven and zero start, yeah, that, mean, that, that was a that's a that was a different team. To me, the Titans are very impressive. And if you want to talk about you know projecting a couple of weeks forward, and if they're in the playoff picture, you get asked all the time, what team do you not want to see in the playoffs? What team scares you in the playoffs? You think Tennessee? I wouldn't want to see Tennessee. Really? I wouldn't want to see Tennessee. We we talked about how they lose Derrick Henry in the beginning of the season. They've also gone what a four or five week stretch with no AJ Brown, and they're still five games above 500, 10 and five, and, and a leader in their division. And like we talked about, they are a gritty team, man. Like they will they will line up, play physical, smash mouth football, and they're, they're a team that if they're in the game, at the, they if they find a way to keep it close. Ryan Tannehill, that last night was what his fourth or fifth game-winning drive this season amongst the league leaders. Like if they find a way to keep it close, I I, I wouldn't want to see Tennessee in the playoffs for their ability to pull out tough games. They wow. just got to keep it close. AJ Brown snapped out last night. Eleven, hey, welcome 11, back. Eleven catches for for one forty-five. He was averaging thirteen point two yards. Scored one touchdown. Um, man, that surprises me. But but they're they're a ten-one team. And they're atop their, you know, their division. If the Colts uh, lose this weekend, they, they go first in the AFC South. I think the again. Colts are the most dangerous team no. in the AFC right now. I think I the way disagree. that they're playing right now is is just dangerous. Shout out Jay Taylor. <laughs> Shout out Jonathan Taylor. I, I, I feel as though they're playing at a high enough level where a lot of people aren't giving giving uh your boy – Pennsylvania, <laughs> my boy, your boy, my boy. He says uh, people aren't giving him a lot of credit for how well he has been playing. And my contention here is, if if he can continue to play the way that he's playing as they move forward, you got to believe that the Colts are of the caliber to be able to make a run for the Super Bowl out of mm-hmm. the AFC. And, and and first of all, I want everyone to everyone listening and I hope the NFL landscape has realized that that Carson Wentz has bounced back. Like officially, first couple games of the season it's can he and then the, the second wave of the season is can he sustain it. Now we're at the point where we, we can't be you know, questioning Carson Wentz anymore, right? He's got only six interceptions. Well, we'll always question Carson Wentz. You'll always question Carson. I will yes. if if he if he if he does what you're saying that the Colts could do, yes. you can't question Carson Wentz moving forward. I mean, it's to the point where I don't question if he can do it anymore. I think he I think he can do it. He can be a, a, a starter on a, on a very good football team in this league. Is he going to be an MVP candidate again? That's not what I'm saying. But but has he bounced back from the end of the Philadelphia career, Carson Wentz? Absolutely. Well, we got only six interceptions on the year, but that's, that's like tied for third least in the NFL. And turnovers was the big knock. You don't turn the ball over anymore. I mean, we, we saw him throw like a left-handed interception against the Texans in the beginning of the year. And then after that, you know, someone kind of knocked him upside the head and it looked like we got a good Carson Wentz. He doesn't turn the ball over. He doesn't lose the Colts games. And when you have a defense like that, when you have a running game like that, I need you to just not lose the game for us. Go and just make winning plays for our football team. And he's absolutely doing that. So I, I got to give Carson Wentz a, a, a shout-out. And 
You know, you talked about not a lot of people were, you know, kind of believing in Carson Wentz. I got to shout out my man Jake Galley from Straight Facts Podcast. He's been on, on this Carson Wentz wave since he got out of Philadelphia, went to the Colts. He saw this coming, and, you know, I, I kind of agree with you. The Colts mm-hmm. right now, probably next to the Chiefs, who look like they might be getting back to their old ways, Colts might be the scariest team in the AFC. Yeah. Yeah, now that's, that's, hmm. I, I'll say this. Go ahead. In his last game against the Patriots, which they won decisively, mm-hmm. he was at a 49.7% passing rate, passer rating. Um, not great by any stretch of the imagination. Horrible, in fact. Yeah, actually, that's bad. Um, but he doesn't seem to be putting this team in a position where the defense and Taylor can win the games for them. And And I think as long as... Carson stays within himself with everything that he's got going on. I, I just think that the Colts are the one team that I look at. I don't look at Tennessee that way. I kind of, in a way, want to look at Buffalo as that type of a team that can match up with the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. But I think right now, today, the one team that I would say could stand up to the Chiefs on the AFC side would be the Colts. It'd be the Colts, so it's, it, I I I don't have too much contention with it. I got to see Carson Wentz be able to go toe to toe with Pat Mahomes because I think you go up against the Chiefs in the playoffs. Ultimately, that's what you're going to have to do. Your defense is only going to get you so much yep. against Patrick Mahomes. You can't throw for you know under 200 yards and a 49 percent completion percentage and beat the Chiefs. You just can't do that. Yeah, you're right about that. Well, we'll take a look at what their their schedule remaining. They they have the Cardinals. Tomorrow, they have the Raiders, which that should be a, that should be an easy one for them. Uh, oh, they won't. <laughs> Look, Bert don't let Bert don't let him talk about your team like that, man. They have the Jags. So the greatness of the Raiders. I mean, it seems like foreseeably their hardest game is against the Cards. <laughs> but I digress. You know, I I know that's Berto's team. To figure out mess with him on Christmas Eve. Okay, let's touch on these Niners. Uh, I said that the Niners would be. Uh, a team that would show a an ability to surge. Uh, currently, they are only besting the Seattle Seahawks in that NFC West uh, division. The Rams are two games ahead, and so are the Cardinals. I'm not certain what the Cardinals are. Um, I'm not certain they will win this game coming up here against the Colts. In fact, I mean, once you lose, once you lose to the Lions, you use a lot of a lot of trust in me. But they're 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 one of those types of teams. Once we get to this point in the year, they seem to be very very wildly inconsistent. Meaning that they could beat a top team mm-hmm. and lose to a not not so good they, team. Play their competition. It, it's just it's it's happened every year since you know since Kyler Murray has yeah. taken over as the quarterback. So the Rams seem to be stepping on the gas as of late and and they seem pretty scary um as as a contender right now and i said that the 49ers were were that as well and it looked like they were heading for a you know a 9 and a 9 and 6 record and and foreseeably right there in the thick of it to to be a wild card team this certainly doesn't help their cause. It doesn't make things better. Uh, Garoppolo 
turned the ball over twice. So they lost the turnover battle in terms of in, in interceptions. So he didn't protect the ball as well and just was not able to get going in the second half of that game. Get a, They get a late, a late, you know, fourth quarter touchdown. But for the most part, they allowed Tennessee to put 10 points up on them in each quarter. They put 20 points up in the second half. And they had really no real answers for for Tennessee during the course of this game. How should we be viewing San Francisco? I mean, is it just call it a wrap? Is this a is this a failure of a year for San Francisco? Or do we look at it and we say, you know what, you got Bosa back. He's playing at a high level. Mm-hmm. He's healthy. Jimmy Garoppolo has played good football. They they did not have a healthy backfield. They've had to use Debo Samuels and relief duty in the backfield. They've just not been a team that is whole during the course of this season. And now we have heard murmurs, you know, whispers that there could be the question of do you continue forward with Jimmy Garoppolo for a little while longer before you turn the the keys over to Trey, Trey Lance. Lance. Yeah. I think a lot of people forgot that Trey Lance is, is sitting on the on the bench on the sideline behind Jimmy G ready to take over. But you hit on it, OG. You hit it on it. It's, it's the run game, right? Like you say, how do we view this 49ers team? How do we view Jimmy Garoppolo, their most successful season? You know, when they went to the Super Bowl, they had a dominant running game with multiple backs, right? Raheem Mostert and company in the backfield that year. Jimmy G in the, in the NFC Championship game completed 10 passes, mm. something, something crazy like that. And if you look at Jimmy G when he's had his most successful teams, that 49ers team when he had success with the Patriots, a very good running game and a dominant defense. He has a good, he has a formidable defense this year, but not dominant, not not you know elite by any stretch of the imagination, and doesn't have an elite running game. And I think when he doesn't have that, Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo goes regular degular, and they've everyone has loved the the breakout season that Debo Samuel has had. And, and as a Debo Samuel fantasy owner, I can, I can tell you I'm a, I'm among those people. Okay, but I don't think. I think having to use him as much as they do in the running game is a necessity more than a luxury because they know they need a dynamic player, a dynamic running game to help take some pressure off of Jimmy Garoppolo, and he's the most he's the biggest playmaker they have on offense. So it's mm-hmm. it's kind of just get him the ball when when we can, and if it comes out the backfield and helps our running game, that helps. But one of the biggest things I saw about last night too is you have George Kittle get those two early catches in the first quarter. It looks like he's about to get hot. And then he goes silent for the rest of the game. Mm. And when I look at that game, I see the Titans getting A.J. Brown involved the entire game. And that game looked like, to me, my best player beat your best player. Ooh. Like, like if if George Kittle goes out and has the same type of performance that A.J. Brown has. Then they won the game. That score looks, yeah, that score looks a lot different. But but it was a combination of, of them kind of getting away from George Kittle and you know the Titans kind of keying, keying in on him. And now the only player I got to worry about if I'm Tennessee is Debo. They didn't really stop Debo, but that that's the only one I really have to worry about if I if I eliminate George Kittle. This crazy stretch that the Niners went on, mm-hmm. it featured George Kittle a whole lot, right? George Kittle was going off. You're listening to Two Pros and a Cup of Joe. That is James Jackson, everybody. He's filling in for, for Jonas and Brady. How about that? Jonas and Brady. And I'm the third guy of that crew. I'm LeVar Arrington, and I'm I'm well attempting to do my best Jonas impersonation of driving the show. Uh, today, so 
Yeah, if it sounds a little different, feels a little different, it's because you know our our guys are on uh, they're on vacation, they're sleeping in and getting some time with their families, much much needed R and R. And me and James are are manning the ship with Berto and and Rick and with Mister Finley. Uh, yeah, all right. So we're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back. Uh, yeah, this is Fox Sports Radio, and and I'll continue to say this: Happy holidays, Happy Christmas Eve. We'll be right back. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it, you listen to it, I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back in to Two Pros and a Cup of Joe. Jonas Knox, Brady Quinn on vacation. I'm LeVar Arrington. I got my man James Jackson in with me from Straight Facts Podcast. Uh, happy Christmas Eve to everyone out there. Hope you're enjoying it. Some hot cocoa, some 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 nice coffee, some some Christmas Eve uh what, cinnamon buns, maybe? Yeah, so shout out to all the people working on Christmas Eve too. Shouts out shout to all the, the people the, the working. Grinders. Thank you. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> Thank you, Berto. Shout out you, man. Hey, hey, Berto. So we were talking San Francisco and you know, the whole conversation of Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo has has been obviously a large conversation and as of late there had been the conversations of Jimmy Garoppolo is playing so well that it could possibly lead to maybe there being a conversation of it not being such a foregone conclusion Trey Lance takes over next year for the San Francisco 49ers but it was interesting to hear some of the sound bites from not only the coach but from Jimmy Garoppolo themselves let's take a listen we weren't good on third down, and you know I think and then our first play in the third quarter on offense was a pick, which that was a real bad one. Should not have thrown that. It was a bad play. No one was open on the play. He just had to take it. I was glad that we tied it up there at the end, but then they came back and finished on the final drive. You know, it's a it's a game we had we had an opportunity to go in go into their place, and we got off to a good start, got the lead like we wanted to, and we just uh, we hit a lull in the middle there. And if we don't hit that lull, I think it's a totally different game. But you know that's football. You know, stuff happens. We had a chance. I mean, in a game like that, you just get off to a hot start like that, and we were rolling early on and kind of just got a little sluggish in the middle there. But I don't know. It's tough when you let one like this slip away. Okay, so <laughs> what's your what's your opinion of I, – I, I won't say that I take take Kyle Shanahan's uh, response or his, his – explanation as being egregious towards I guess it being bad for for Jimmy Garoppolo I mean it just made sense he mm-hmm. should have instead of trying to force it or throw it it's a quarter, I mean, that's coach being honest about his quarterback it, it was a duck ball that mm-hmm. he, he put out there he shouldn't have thrown it but nonetheless he does it happened um what do you think after a game like that and listening to the sound bites I also found it to be interesting I like the fact that Jimmy G said we the entire we. time, not I. Um, some could take it one way or the other. Some could say it's good that he he made it about the team. 
Some could say it's bad that he made it about the team because a lot of people don't feel as though you need to use we when you throw interceptions. That's more of an I thing. But, you know, maybe we're we're at a point of where we want to nitpick a little bit on what Jimmy Garoppolo may say, what Jimmy Garoppolo may do. Um, what's your take on it? Do do you think that Jimmy Garoppolo is is at a point of where he may be playing himself into more time? and they give Trey Lance more time to develop, or is it time for Trey Lance to take over? And and if they lose like this again, I mean, there's not very many games left. Right. Is it time for Trey Lance to get some burn right now? I mean, I, I think, you know, after the hot stretch San Francisco went on, they were the hottest team in football going into last night. And I think that alone earned Jimmy G a longer leash. Like, you know, I, I, can't, I can't foresee Trey Lance – leading the Niners on that big of a stretch. But in, in terms of his post-game presser, I mean, I don't know if you've seen that Eddie Murphy video or that Eddie Murphy meme where he's, we? Like, what are you, what are you talking about, we? <laughs> um, but in Jimmy G's defense, he didn't let up 10 points in the third and fourth quarter. His, his defense did that. And for what it's worth, after, you know, the bad interception, he comes back after that and goes and ties the ball game up, you know, and takes advantage of, of a Tennessee mishap right. on their own 40 mm-hmm. and you know, the combination of him, Debo Samuel, and Brandon, and Brandon Ayuk go and tie the football game up. So he did put his team in a position to win the game at the end after digging the own hole. But it is a team game. Like, I, I get interceptions. You know, interceptions start with I, not we. So if you're a quarterback, can't say we on interceptions. That That's your fault. But this is a team game. I did kind of right my wrong after the interception. And you, there's two sides of the football. So, yes, I turned it over, but you guys didn't really stop him. Well, I'll say this. Jimmy Garoppolo may be the only one comparable to Carson Wentz in terms of just probably never going to be able to do enough. Mm. And and he's just going to have to live with that, I guess. But he has been a winner. But Regular you know, degular. We'll have to wait and see how that all plays out. But anyway, we got a lot to get to. Still got to talk about Pro Bowls. We'll talk about some some matchups and, and what that looks like in terms of the points and all those good things. You're listening to Two Pros and a Cup of Joe. It's Christmas Eve. Happy Christmas Eve to everyone out there. Uh, as the show continues to roll on, we will be here guiding you guys. Fox Sports Radio will be right back. 